a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. And I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> Let's see if I remember how to do this. Welcome. I know. Hey, you made it back safely. Yeah. Shalom. <laughs> I'm going to be doing this show only in Hebrew, which means I'll only so be saying it'll be shalom. A, it'll be a, how are you? <laughs> yeah. So what was the highlight yeah, of your trip to Israel, Israel? Um, you know, there's a there's a number of times when we went up on mountains and could kind of see you had some distance, you know, could kind of get a lay of the land. And those are those were really helpful. So Mount Carmel was the first one we went up on Mount Nebo, uh where Moses uh, saw the Holy Land. You could see a lot of things from the top of Mount Olive the Mount of Olives. So I think hitting those mountain peaks and being able to look down and see all around was uh, was particularly great. Was it worth four grand? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I would have paid double. That's got to be quite the view. <laughs> and how many, uh, uh, how many fatalities were there? Uh, none. Wow. Glad to say. Wow, that's no great. Fatalities. I, I yeah, call that a I success. I know you're so surprised. Yes. So where are you going next? I don't know. I don't take a couple years off, but we were talking about doing a whole Reformation tour. I mean, so so to go to Rome first, and then to go to uh, to where was Huss? Where was John Huss? Was he like in uh, Czechoslovakia or something? Then go to see Germany. Then go see Switzerland. Then go see England and Scotland, uh, and get all hit all the major uh, Reformation spots. How about that for an idea? Sounds pretty good. I can, I think you should do a, a guided tour to Rogue River, Oregon. See Club Rogue River. That's where we're coming next. That's your Club next Club Rogue stop. River well, you, you, for the wedding. You should probably do a little plug for the Pirate Christian Radio Conference since it's at your church oh, yeah. and you haven't even discussed That's it. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Hope Lutheran is, pl- is proud to be hosting the Pirate Christian Radio Conference coming up this month. Is that right? Are we in July already? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be July 29th and 30th. So Wednesday and Thursday into July, July 29th and 30th, here at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. And um, let's see. I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about the anti-catechism. I got a couple of sessions to talk about that. So the, so the theme is Corum Deo, Corum Mundo, before God and before the world, and how our theology speaks of both of those things. So I'm going to talk about uh, the anti-catechism and then the church as an institution and not a movement. Uh, Chris Roseborough is going to be coming. Uh, Jeremy Rohde from California is coming. Uh, Jordan Cooper is going to be coming, and their their topics are coming together as well for this. 
So I have I, to I say, have no idea. I'm a little surprised you already know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, uh, Chris Rosebra uh, called me up the other day and said, "Hey, um, Brian, what are you going to be talking about so we can put it on the website?" Ah. There you go. And so, so you had to, you had to it think of something right on then. the spot. <laughs> so tell so us just I'll a, probably a, forget a couple of words about uh, what the anti-catechism is. Have we not talked about that on this show? We have new listeners since then. Remember, we don't have any okay. listeners that last longer than a month. Hold on, I'm going to cough. <laughs> that was oh, real smooth. I almost got it. I almost, I just barely got <clears throat> Anyway. <clears throat> The, oh, yeah, you're uh, sick. The question you're sick again as a dog, was, aren't you? I am. It's nice <laughs> because I woke up healthy this morning, but every day this week I've woken up healthy and I get sick by the end of the day. So if you were, if, I'm looking on the Pirate Christian Radio Conference. If, if the other pastor of Hope Lutheran Church was the co-host, I would call you Pastor Flemmy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, I'll be here all week. Looks, I'm looking on the website. Oh yeah, for the Pirate Christian Radio Conference. All it says is registration is forty nine ninety five to attend. That's a heck um, of a deal. It is. I had to pay more to go to the, the district convention. I didn't even have fun. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you didn't have fun. <laughs> oh, that's probably what. Not true. What I, question am I answering? One thing at a time. Catechism. Come on. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's the idea. The Lord has established institutions. You know we play this game, Ten Commandments in the News. Are we playing that today? Are we even recording a we radio We are. And the idea, part of that game is that we look at the institutions that God has instituted <laughs> according to the commandments. So, you know, Eighth Commandment institutes the courts, and Seventh Commandment institutes private property, and so forth, so that... So that we, when we look at the world, we see that there, the that the world is an instituted place, uh, and so the, I think the topic, is, in fact, that I'm going to talk on is the Christian in an instituted world, and we'll consider the institutions of marriage, of life, of private property, of all these things according to the Ten Commandments, and then to look at how the devil is in the business of attacking those institutions. So the devil doesn't just attack the church and the gospel and the institution of, uh, of the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. He also attacks all the other institutions that God... He attacks the institution of marriage and, and life and, and contentment and all of them. And that attack on God's institutions I call the anti-catechism. In other words, the devil setting himself against those things that the Lord has established. Uh, Pastor Flammy was telling me today that that's personified in the book of Revelation as the whore. The whore of, Revel of Revelation is that which, the personification of everything set against God's good order. So the lust and the greed and the excess and the idolatry uh, of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. And the nice thing is the devil likes to always work in darkness, so he doesn't like to have his doctrine named. So the anti-catechism is a way to name the devil's assaults on the good institutions of God. So as long as it's not named, then he's getting away with it? Is that the idea? Well, pr probably. I mean, yeah, well, it, it helps. It's hard to talk about something that doesn't have a name. It's, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like people were dying of cancer before we knew it was cancer, but now that you know it's cancer, you can start finding yeah. the cure for cancer. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. All right. Well, on today's lineup of Table Talk Radio, we're doing a little preaching to Hollywood. This is where we listen to uh, songs coming out of pop culture. This is our attempt to be relevant. And so we look at yeah. the song, and then we try to speak law and gospel in the context of a uh, 
singer situation, a songwriter situation, whatever that might uh, come to be. And then Ten Commandments in the News, as you mentioned, this is where we look at a news item and analyze it in light of the Ten Commandments or the Ten Institutions. Is that okay to talk about that way, the Ten Institutions? Yes. Although, yes. are there two separate institutions for the Ninth and Tenth Commandments? Um, what is the institution well, of the Ninth and Tenth? Contentment is that an institution or is that a? It is, you know. And I want to. We have to actually talk about that specifically because do you remember? Did we say that? Remember how Luther in his introduction to some psalm, I think Psalm fifty-one, says a doctor looks at a person in the according to the category of health. Remember that? Are you are you well? Are you sick? That's how a doctor looks at a person. A lawyer, Luther says, looks at a person in in uh, categories of property or contracts. Mm-hmm. A theologian, he says, looks at a person as a sinner. Now, that's very, very helpful. But how, but the question is then, how does the world today look at people? How am I treated when I walk outside the house? What what am I treated as? Am I treated in terms of health or sickness? or? What? And I think the answer is that we are treated most often as consumers, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a person who's buying or selling something, mostly buying something, consuming something, wanting, desiring something, and acting. Acting on that desire, that's how the world chiefly treats people. So that the uh, the um, institution of contentment in the ninth and tenth commandment is fighting against this, and saying you are more than simply your ability to consume. Hmm. Uh, and so I think that's what's happening there. I I think just putting those words to it is I think uh, very helpful because now not to make everything about um, the church growth worship war type thing. But I think what we're seeing is churches dealing with people not as sinners, but as consumers. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So that, uh, and, and we use a better word, though. We call them seekers to make it sound more biblical. But that's what it basically means, a religious consumer. Is that really being more biblical? So you gotta, you, I mean, it's like... No, no. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> Ant- I mean, there's that verse that says, nobody seeks God. Yeah, so it's biblical in that uh, sense. So in other words, where Paul exactly says, opposite. there's no... no <laughs> right, right, so there's no actually such thing as a seeker, according to the Scriptures, but never mind that. Don't bother them with the truth. But, that, but no, no, this is... You're 100% right on this, that, that I, now someone comes in to the consumer, and I need to give them what they want. I, I, I have to meet their needs, whatever they are, their needs for entertainment or their needs for engagement or their needs to belong or what, whatever else. And now I'm coming up with programs to meet people's needs so that they come to my church store rather than the other guy's church store. Mm. Oh, so you're 100% right. Mm. That's interesting. I never thought about well, we that hardly, before. We hardly know another way to, to, act, to, to uh, engage with people. Because you, we you ourselves know. are the consumers I mean, uh, all the time. So that tra- when, when we're the ones... Right. Uh, trying to reach the crowd, so to speak, we're going to be acting as the ones, as the consumers that we're the objects of oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, right. that's a good way to kick Is off it? at Table Talk Radio Show. Uh, when we get back from this break, we'll just, we'll just skip. <laughs> we didn't even do buzzwords and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I have a secret. I have a secret buzzword. Let's see if you can figure out what it is. <laughs> All right. It'll be the, the hidden right. buzzword. This is the Calvinist edition where you guess my buzzword. <laughs> we right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this. We used to sing. Just like that. Earplugs not included. 
you're on Table Talk Radio. Preaching to Hollywood is the game that we play here on Table Talk All Radio. All right. To uh, be relevant and yeah, to make people think that we're cool and that we actually have a pulse yeah. on the culture, which none of that is true, but we like to have the facade of such. So we play this game, uh, Preaching to Hollywood, right. where one of our listeners submits a song uh, to analyze, and we look at the lyrics and try to preach law and gospel into this. Um, so here this is, it says, uh, Hi, pastors. Here are two submissions for one of this my... This is an email? Yeah. I'm reading an email now. Hold on a minute. I'm going to the thing. An okay. email submitted at questions at tabletalkradio.org. Hi, pastors. Here are two submissions for one of my favorite games you play on Table Talk Radio. The first song mentions one of Pastor Wolf Mueller's favorite subjects, the conscience. Hey, hey. So the first one the here conscience. he has is Monster by Imagine Dragons. And uh, I have a little bit of clip here. Now, the clip doesn't yet mention conscience. That comes later in the song. But are you ready for this song? Oh, yep. yes, you oh, are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, am I ready? Oh, you're ready. Does it matter? Ever since I could remember Everything inside of me Just wanted to fit in I was never one for pretenders Everything I tried to be just wouldn't settle in. If I told you what I was, would you turn your back on me? And if I seemed dangerous, would you be scared? I get the feeling just because everything I touch isn't dark enough. That this problem lies in me. Okay, this is how the next stanza goes. Yeah, uh, can I clear my conscience if I'm different from the rest? Do I have to run and hide? I never said that I want this. This burden came to me, and it's made its home inside. Woo. And then it goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I bet you the Imagine Dragons say, oh, better than us. You think so? I, think, I don't know. If I that's think we true, got, but... got it down like oh 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 oh. I've got, oh 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 oh. I do have a six, so I got the radio voice. Oh oh oh. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a radio voice. <laughs> now that's more we like have crunched voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, all you out there in Radio Land. Thanks I'm for calling tuning the in to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> we're, we're bringing you all the hits. The Why is monsters it creepy by Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Coming to you live from Club Rogue River. All right, Come all right. Come on down right. and visit. Imagine Dragons. What do you think of this song? I'm only a man with a candle to guide me. We've, we've talked about another Imagine Dragons song before, and my kids have the Imagine Dragons. They've got some theology in their thing. 
I'm I'm for them, by the way, because I'm all for. Remember how I oh, stopped yeah, saying like dragon? Dragons. I mean, I start I started say, I stopped saying dinosaur, right. and only say dragons now. And I did not realize I I I've had a bunch of people respond to me about that. A bunch of Table Talk Radio listeners. Oh, speaking of Table Talk Radio listeners, shout out to the Nerf Ninja chapter of the Cult of Pure Doctrine who came to Sussex, Wisconsin when I was over there a couple weeks ago uh, talking about the absolution at the Concordia Catechetical Institute there. And uh, the the Nerf Ninja chapter of Cult of Pure Doctrine drove all the way over there uh, to hear the thing and to say hi. So shout out to you guys. Well done. Now, speaking of that, seeing people and talking to people that, that people have responded to this idea of not calling the dinosaurs dinosaurs but calling them dragons so i've actually actually had to think about why that actually why that matters since i was just goofing around mostly <laughs> but i think it invokes an entirely different worldview when you say the when you start talking about the dinosaurs you're bringing with you this worldview of millions of years and extinction before there was humanity etc when you use the language of dragons, you're invoking the worldview of the chivalrous uh, patriarchs who would go and fight and, and defend their family from these uh, monsters that would come and uh, attack them. So there's I, something there. I think of Shrek. So imagine dragons. I mean, can you... you, you, you uh, they would not be nearly this good if they were named the Imagine Dinosaurs. <laughs> that would be a horrible name for a band. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Can you think of listening? To, we're going to listen to this to the to the song "Monster" by Imagine Dinosaurs. That's just stupid. Okay. Now, turning away from thoughtful reflections to the words at hand. <laughs> definitely. Ever here's some words. Ever since I could remember, everything inside of me just wanted to fit in. I was never one for pretenders. Everything I tried to be just wouldn't settle in. Oh, 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 oh. If I told you what I was, would you turn your back on me? And if I seemed dangerous, would you be scared? I get the feeling just because everyone, everything I touch isn't dark enough if the problem lies in me. I'm only a man with a candle to guide me. I'm taking a stand to escape what's inside me. A monster, a monster. I've turned into a monster, a monster, a monster, and it keeps getting stronger. Can I clear my conscience if I'm different from the rest? Do I have to run and hide? I never said I want this. This burden came to me, and it's made its home inside. Now, here's what I think is happening. Tell me if you think this is a right uh, exegesis of the text here. That there's a, an incredible pressure that we're given by society or whatever, by our peers, our culture, to try to uh, fit in and toe the line, and each one of us has an individuality that is fighting against that. So especially when you're a teenager, um, you're, you're trying to sort out this business of who, you know, wh wh what is my authentic self, and, and also manage what are those things that are um, expected of me. And as I, as I try to navigate that tension... Oftentimes, the song is talking about that I cave in to the things that are expected of me rather than this integrity of myself, and that that creates a monster. And uh, it, it, this would be the, um, the idea of the hypocrite, that I'm, I'm acting now a hypocrite. And so you have this monster of hypocrisy. And then the song asks the question, can I clear my conscience if I'm different from the rest? In other words, if I act according to the to the way that I think I ought to act and not according to the pressure that my peers are bringing to me, 
can I then start to feel good about myself? Hmm. The answer is no. So I think that's the song is right, but that, that I think that's the tension that the song is wrestling with. I think you're right. Would you now, go when, for that? when uh, yeah, you convinced me when I first read this or heard it, I was thinking it was talking about original sin, the sinner that's inside me. You know, so. Right. Um, so, I mean, from, yes. I guess from this line, ever I since I could remember everything inside me. But you're right. When, now when it talks about, um, you know, the uh, uh, can I clear my conscience if I'm different from the rest? I never said I want this. This burden came to me, and it's made its home inside me. So this was something that was not innately inside me, but something that was from the outside. Um, so that uh, once right. he started to to go with the flow, he realized just where that ended up for him. Right. Uh, uh, so I, I, I always remember I just wanted to fit in, and yet I was never one for pretenders. So mm. that, that's in the first line that introduces this tension that's there. Now, I, I, what, what do you say to that? So, we, you know, preaching to Hollywood, um, the question that we have then to consider as we've exegeted the text here. Now, what do you, when someone is wrestling with this, how do we bring that to a conversation of law and gospel? In other words, this apparently is an angst that um, especially teenagers are going to struggle with. I, I don't know how—I mean, once you grow up a little bit and you, you kind of settle into your place in life and the vocations that the Lord has given you, I think these questions are less troubling, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I think, Maybe not. I think— I don't know. Um, Do you think they are? They become less troubling? Yes, I do. Um, I think, I mean, just kind of like the song says, you become kind of more okay with, with what the world promotes. Uh, I I think the way that we would address this is different for the Christian than the non-Christian. Um, so I'm thinking of the troubled youth that has to go to school every day and is confronted with all kinds of decisions. And I would just maybe ask the question, um, what did what did our Lord teach us about? about the world. So, uh, right. and how, and, and our conformity with it, you know, is that the, right. So, um, yeah. So, 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 well, I mean, Jesus even says the world will reject you because it rejected me. So, uh, mm-hmm. in a sense that the world's rejection of, of me or for the principles integrity that I stand for, um, is, goes with the turf of being a Christian, or the turf of being baptized. I should expect it. Yeah. Well, and 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 to, I mean maybe even to to go a step further is that the the two standards that are offered as an alternative here, either my own integrity or what people think about me, we can say that they're both wrong. That the standard the, the question we should be asking is what does the Lord in fact think of me and ask of me? And it's neither what I think of myself should be or what the world thinks I should be. I want to know what Christ thinks of me. Mm, Very good. I want to talk more about that after this break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are looking at the song Monster by Imagine Dragons submitted by our listener. How come our listeners don't want to sign their name? Do they not want to admit that they're listening to Table Talk Radio? Anyway. I, I can't imagine that. You know, uh, one of the I things... I cannot imagine that. One of the head starts that you have, I think, with someone uh, who would be saying things like the singer in this song, um, Monster... Is that you? The person is identifying that the things that he's doing because of the influence of those around him is wrong. So he says, you know, he has a desire for a clear conscience. Now we would probably right. We would differ on how one has a clear conscience, uh, not from just changing. Because look, you you change you change your habits. Uh, that doesn't fix the wrongs that you've done. So you, I mean. It might it might make yourself feel better, but the fact of the matter is you're still guilty, um, and so you need someone to come from outside of you to uh, give you uh, forgiveness. You need absolution. You need to be. I mean that that punishment for the wrong that's been committed has to be paid for. And the wonderful news of the gospel is that it has been paid for in Jesus, and He offers that forgiveness yeah. and absolution. But pastor, what about the person who doesn't have said conscience? that uh, their conscience has been damaged, and they they think that the difference between right and wrong is not um, you know, what you think, what the Bible says, what Jesus says, but it's what I feel, and I can do whatever the heck I want. Well, that's, that's just it. I mean, so everybody has a conscience, and that conscience is listening to different voices. And, and here the song is wrestling with, do, do I listen to the voice of myself, or do I listen to the voice of my peers? And so say someone has a hard conscience, well, I don't care what anybody else says, I only care you know, about myself, or I don't even care about what myself says. I, mean, I can't imagine that. But, you, but it is true that, that um, God has created our conscience to listen to the voice of the law, and especially then to listen to the voice of the gospel. So sometimes it's good to talk about the conscience, but sometimes, sometimes it's good just to talk to the conscience and say, hey... Um, you know, you are a sinner, and uh, you'll die and stand before the Lord one day, and what do you think he'll think of you? And that's, you know, sometimes a, a conversation that's helpful to to wake up the conscience. And then we can say something like, well, yeah, you're right, that what he would think of you is that you might have tried a little bit, but you failed miserably, but but Jesus died. And what the Lord thinks of you even in spite of your pride of yourself or your damnation of yourself, is that he thinks that you're died for, that you're covered in his blood, that your sins are atoned for. So we always have something to say to the conscience that is good news, the best news of all. Nice. Okay. Well, uh, our mysterious emailer to questions at tabletalkradio.org sends another one from Imagine Dinosaurs, and it is called... It's <laughs> That's ringy. I, I, would you go for that? <laughs> Okay, Imagine Dragons is called It's Time. Here it is. I've heard this song before. Is it on the, it's going to be at the wedding? 
<laughs> yeah, this would be a good one. Let's see what the words are. This is where you fell, and I am left to sell. The path to heaven runs through miles of clouded hell, right to the top. Don't look back, turning to rags and giving the commodities a rain check. Don't ever want to Why let you down. He's giving all these rain checks. I know. He's the like academy. Giving, I, what? Who are the commodities? The academy, I think, is the. Well, I don't know exactly, but I'm guessing it's the academy awards. Can you win an Academy Award for? Oh no, I was I was taking the Academy just to be song? like going to school. Like so, after you graduate, you know the the thing to do is you go oh. get an education, and uh, oh, yeah. you kind of follow you kind of follow the 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 typical path for a high school graduate. But not this guy. No, no, no. He's gonna pack his bags, but then he'll say, "I don't want to leave this town." So I don't know why he's packing his bags. Packing my bags, giving the Academy a rain check, don't whatever. Huh. The city never sleeps at night. I don't know what this song is talking about. This is like a crazy <laughs> song. The path to heaven runs through the miles of clouded hell, turning to rags and giving the commodities a rain check. What the heck does that mean? Well, okay, so us. so for I mean turning to rags that he is taking the what road less traveled, so to speak, that He'd rather be in poverty um, for some statement of virtue than than the commodities that everyone else would enjoy. I'm stretching here. I guess I don't know. Your guess is as I good as mine. I'm 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 look, I'm doing some research here. <clears throat> okay, I'll continue to read. Um, so we have the chorus again. Then then it says, "It's time to begin, isn't it?" I get a little bit bigger, but then I'll admit I'm just the same as I was. Now, don't you understand? Uh, I guess it is the chorus. This road never looks so lonely. This house doesn't burn down slowly to ashes to ashes. Then the chorus again. Hmm. Okay. You let me know what this song is all about, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing some work here. Um. Huh. I don't know. This lady's blogging about what it means. They're doing this poetic interpretation of this song. I, have we? I mean, um, it's time to begin, isn't it? I get a little bit bigger, but then I'll admit I'm just the same as I was. Now, don't you understand? Answer? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> this road never looks so lonely. This house doesn't burn down slowly to ashes to ashes. 
What the heck? I don't know heads or tails on this one. Okay, well, I'm afraid we can't... Uh... Do you? I mean, do you... Uh... The only thing that I can think of okay, is so it, we can it, talk it's about... about kind of breaking out of the mold kind of a, kind of a song. So he's not going to do the typical thing. He's going to do things his own way. But when he tries to do that, he finds himself just kind of in the mold again. So, um, Well, what about this? I, I, I'll put a thesis out there. I, what, if, what if you're right? He's, this is a song about breaking out of the mold. But because the breaking out of the mold has become is the, the mold, mold. Right, right, then the right. way to break out of the mold is to stay in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to break out of the mold. I'm going to stay right here. I don't know. This might be a stretch, but I think this is a song about faithfully living in your vocation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, I want to. we can talk about this line. The path to heaven runs through miles of clouded hell. Would you like to talk about that? No. You go. You go first. I'll I'll let you have a crack at it. <laughs> I mean, this there, there's a reflection of this in the scripture where Jesus says, for example, the road to Emmaus. He says it is necessary for the Son of Man to suffer uh, before he enters into his glory, and so that Paul will preach in in um, in Acts uh, or or Peter. There, there's a sermon in Acts, and it says, uh, "Through many uh, tribulations we enter into the kingdom." How does that go? That ver- you remember that verse? It's not on on many people's memory lists. Um, I don't know that one. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Through many tribulations, we must. It is Acts fourteen, twenty two. Uh, says, um, he was strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Or the saying uh, and saying through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So there could be a reflection of that truth happening here in this business with uh, the imagined dragons, where they say the path to heaven runs through miles of clouded hell. In other words, we're on our way to the kingdom of God, and yet we've been uh, put in this life to suffer. And I, and there's and there's something uh, there's something about that. Uh, uh, Luther, remember, says follow the order that that Paul gives in Romans. So first, we concern ourselves with our sin and the gospel. Well, and gospel, that's good. Second, we fight against sin. Third, we suffer. And then in suffering, we find the great consolation of the doctrine of election, that the Lord is, is preordained us to all of these difficulties. Um, and that is our Christian life. So law, gospel, fighting sin, and suffering. I mean, that's it. That's, that's what it means to be a Christian. And I don't know exactly if that's what the imagined dinosaurs are singing about here, but it's not necessarily a bad little line. The path to heaven runs through miles of clouded hell. Now, if we understand hell, not as, in fact, hell, but just as, you know, suffering on this life. Now, the point about hell is that the Lord has suffered that so that we never will have to. So. Oh. Well, I have, um, I have a few... Uh comments about what this song is about, at least according to people on the World Wide Web. We can see if they uh, have a little bit better perspective uh, than we did. I think we're, we're pretty close, though. After this break, we'll talk more about that, and then also Ten Commandments in the News, everyone's favorite game that analyzes the commandments in the news. We'll be right back.
Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Okay, this song, It's Time, by Imagine Dinosaurs, um, has 31 comments on songmeanings.com. And uh, let's look at a few wow. of these here. Uh, P That's Por- a website? Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't know that. <laughs> P Porcupine says, hmm. uh, this song really speaks to me and how I've been feeling since I graduated that. high school. I feel like my time in this town is done and I don't belong here anymore. I need to venture off to some other place to pursue my dreams and learn my uh learn to live my own life. Um then he quotes the stant the the chorus there. My father thinks that if I move out and live uh with my life I don't know what that means or move on with my life. I'm going to change who I am deep down inside. I'll always be the same person, he says. Um, the Let's see. Believe in you says. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's a good username. Is that you? That's the, name of the, that's the person's username? Yeah, is that you? <laughs> Believe in you? <laughs> Believe in you. It I don't is. think this song can get any more perfect, he says, or she says. To me, oh. I think it means that he was trying his all to be what someone else wanted him to be, but after trying to change, he just realizes he's never going to change who he really is and learns to be proud of it. Huh. Anyway, that's a gist. That's weird. I'm pretty sure that's not right. <laughs> it's more about vocation. Huh. <laughs> you should... You should yeah, oh, right. yeah. Here's this a commenter a from Wolfmuller1. About... It says, this is a song about the doctrine of vocation. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, these guys are Lutheran. I think the astonishing thing about the imagined dinosaurs is that they their songs have more theology than your average praise song. That is amazing. Zing. All right, let's go to some Ten Commandments right. in the news. I have a news story for you. This is from Associated Press. Title, Bush, I don't right. think we should publish, uh, po- sorry, politicize our faith. Jeb Bush is cautioning against blending politics and religion, signaling he won't necessarily heed the Pope or pander to social conservatives. Speaking in Iowa, a state where evangelical Christians wield significant political influence, Bush said, quote, I think religion ought to be about making us better as people and less about things that end up getting into the political realm. There's some theology for you. End quote. His comments came on the eve of a, um, of a, uh, what's his name, um, Pope Francis, who has uh, human activity contributions to climate change, a conclusion challenging, uh, sorry, challenged by many Republicans and several of the party's candidates for president. Bush, who converted to Catholicism, suggested Wednesday that he won't be uh, beholden to a faith-driven policy agenda whenever it comes from because his religion is a personal beacon, not a political roadmap. He told reporters that he goes to Mass to have his faith nourished and changed, and not for economic policy or for things in politics. Bush has said he accepts the premise that Hmm. the climate is changing, but contends that the science is not clear on how much human activity is responsible. That's the story from AP. Hmm... 
I noticed uh, that today was warmer than yesterday. <laughs> so, what did you drive this morning? That's how much I'm <laughs> paying attention to it. That's right. Uh, okay, this inter- this is interesting. I didn't know Jeb Bush was a Catholic, by the way. I didn't either. I wonder when that happened. When you're Catholic, you got to be careful, man. Why is that? And you're Catholic and you're running for president, your faith better not have anything to do with your policies. Uh, you know what I mean? That's, I mean, the whole JFK thing. Uh, they, yeah, that's on both sides of it, isn't it? They're not electing you, they're electing the Pope. Right. You know? So so the... Now, this this Pope, Francis, has been in the news a ton, by the way, because he's turning out just to be a full-blown liberal. I mean, I guess we've always known that, but he's he constantly is out to prove it by all of his, um, you know, uh, social agenda talk. I mean, it's a mess. Yeah. I mean, so so you have kind of uh, Catholics and politics on on both sides of the aisle, right? So you have the the social uh, conservative type Catholics who defend life and and marriage and things like that, and then you say, uh, well, like Pope Francis, uh, well, let's uh, you know institute our Christian love into um, our uh, what policies. And so this would mean that we should be caring for the poor because this is what Christ wanted us to do, so therefore I passed this new welfare bill. Um, and I think right. Jeb, not really knowing his politics too well, would probably um, be more towards the former. Like, I think that he would say that his faith influences him on certain issues, as my dog barks in the back. Um, but yeah, there's but, sage, but the not dog. when it, he's, but not he's, when it he's comes, probably happy you're talking about global warming, <laughs> but not when it comes to, uh, like climate change, for example. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's probably right. So don't kill babies, but also don't stop driving your SUV. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure that the Catholic church can make a distinction between its liberal politics that come from being South Americans <laughs> and its kind of moral stances, which come from being human beings, I would hope that those distinctions would be made. But it, but maybe not. I mean, you know, the Catholic Church now has been, I mean, they're basically kind of advocating socialism mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, which is really tough to come by when you read the Bible. But I mean, but but look, at, this is this. Ha- I think this has to go this way because, uh, I mean, the, the Lutherans, when, when Luther was writing the large catechism against the Pope, and saying, "Hey, the the world is an orderly place, and you can't destroy this or these orders of the world." Uh, he was talking specifically about, for example, the celibate priesthood, which is an attack on the first article gift of marriage, and not something that the church has the authority to do. And yet, the the Catholic Church has stood by that, and 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 basically, socialism is to the bank what celibate priesthood is to the family. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it's a destruction of God's order. So there's some consistency in that, but uh, I mean, well, okay. I well, I commandments. Know that, hold on, I know that Christians have a distinction between um, the right and left kingdom, um, but even then, is it truly possible that a person in whatever his vocation might be in the world could do so apart from his uh, beliefs, from his faith, from his uh, thoughts about God and the world? Or with someone who says, "Well, I don't let any of that can you know influence my day to day activity," are they just trying to pull the wool over your eyes? 
Um, no, it could be true. I, I think it, I think someone could say that with integrity uh, that they're that they're that they make a distinction between what the church teaches and and uh what their political thought is but but, but i'm thinking like uh, if, if someone says all right not true. hey, hey I mean, you what what's your position on abortion Can, could a could a person really separate their uh belief their what they what they understand from their church from that answer I mean, I understand making a, an argument from natural law, but that's the argument that you're making. Is it really uh, completely separated from what you hear from the pulpit? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think people think that they can, but but but, and I, I think maybe people can do that. But the question that we should ask is: Should they do that? I mean, should we separate what we think about things like? Um, a natural law from from our our theology, and the answer is no. But we need to have the natural law should fit into our theology as well, and we should be as confident about the things that natural law says, especially when confirmed by the scripture, as we are with the things that the scripture says. How about that for an answer? Yeah, I'm just thinking of Jeb Bush, and uh, you know when it when when the Pope says, "Look, we need to change the world," he says, "You know, in terms of climate change." He's like, well, I don't let my policies affect, uh, or I don't let my religion, my faith affect the policies I, I stand for. Um, but when it comes to something else that is different, it's probably going to be because of what his church teaches. Um, yeah, it could be. I mean, you, I guess here's the thing. You either have to be, be a hypocrite or agree with what, you're, with what the teaching of your church is. If he doesn't, or go to a church that doesn't teach well, anything important. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you don't like what the Pope says, then change churches. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so you have about a minute I mean, to name the, the commandments. Is, oh, okay. So uh, it has to do with God, uh, first commandment. Second commandment is the church. Third commandment also is doctrine. Fourth commandment is government. Fifth commandment is, hmm... You know, this first article, climate change stuff, probably comes under the fifth commandment because the Lord created and ordered things to give us life. Uh, that might be a slight stretch. Sixth commandment, I don't see it. Seventh commandment, the Pope's a socialist. Eighth commandment, <laughs> it's journalism, so that's in there. Ooh. And ninth and tenth commandment, um, uh, it's probably there as well. I just can't think of it right now. <laughs> the jet lag is caught up to me by the end of the show. The, the jet lag. How about that? Um, that's almost the the complete, complete decalogue right there. Yeah, we didn't have the Sixth Commandment. Did we have a Sixth Commandment oh, in there? Did anyone get married? No, no one got married or anything. So, all right. Man, well. I wanted to read you this news story about this church that got caught on fire, but I guess no we'll avail. have to do that well, later. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like all the trouble you get in for being a Catholic and support. Thanks for listening abortion. to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult there. your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.